Hey, everybody, this is Mike with the uh, Barman and Bevo podcast. Hey, a uh, little introduction to this podcast, not our normal podcast. There's not really much cycling talk, sports talk that we normally have. This is more of a roundtable with a couple people from my family and Mike Barman, of course. Um, it's part two of the interview. We're doing it because the interview was two hours long. Or my dad telling stories for two hours long. This is part two of that. Um, at the table is Mike Barman, my father, Joe Vandura, my sister, and my brother-in-law, so Bunny and Andrew Schrader. Um, Andrew had not heard a lot of these stories before, so it was great to have him here. Mike had heard some of these. Mike Barman had heard some of these, and obviously Maggie and I, um, we lived <laughs> we lived with this man. So enjoy part two of the episode, um, and uh, we'll be back with a normal episode again here this week. Thanks again. neighborhood parties yeah and um if i remember correctly for the longest time when we lived in buffalo there was a picture of you on the wet bar in a toga yeah <laughs> and that toga was made up of jay my younger brother's childhood bed sheets yeah <laughs> and it wasn't like a plain white sheet no it was a white white sheet with multicolored cars and trucks on That's it. exactly what it was. <laughs> like, like a kid's, like a like kid's, kids like, like kids dump trucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good toga. <laughs> and there's a picture of... The, the neighborhood was Sturbridge Lakes or Sturbridge yeah, Stur- Lakes? Sturbridge Lakes. Okay. There's a, a series of seven or eight lakes in the neighborhood. And at the main lake, there was a beach. So everybody would go yeah, on some, yeah, Saturday, Sunday in the summer what, and go swimming what, at the beach. What happened? What happened the first time was... I don't know if it was New Year's Eve or whatever it was. It was it was in, it was cold out, and I told everybody. I said we ought to have a toga party, and nobody believed me. And I said, No, we're going to have a toga party. And, you know, so I toga. Went to, yeah, toga. toga. There you go. And and uh, so we went to we had this one hall that we used to go to all the time. So I decided to take the drapes off the wall, <laughs> off the windows. And I went in the bathroom and I put these drapes on as a toga. <laughs> and I came out of the thing, you know, and I, I had the guy play a, a special song, you know, Animal House song, and I came out with this toga. And so from that point on, I says, look, we got to have start having toga parties. So when we had the beach party, that's when the sheets came out. And then I I, uh, I got one of those uh, leafy things to put around my head, oh, like, a, like a wreath. Caesar <laughs> <laughs> Vendura? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> And, and everybody would say, who the hell is that guy? I says, oh, it's Joe, he's in the toga. Don't worry about it. It's his wardrobe, you know. But, yeah, I got into that. And, but nobody else would dress in a toga but me. You know, it's like, <laughs> but for me, it was a good fit. The other thing I wanted you, this is probably uh, one of your highlights of your coaching career. <laughs> The last the last year we lived in New Jersey, you coached two soccer teams. Yeah, mine actually, actually three. A oh, traveling well, team yeah. and a traveling team. 
Mine and Jay's. Yeah. Jay and I are five years apart. Right. Uh, so it would have been my you were, like, twelve a, and under ish. Twelve, no, twelve or? to fourteen, and then Jay would have been uh, like seven, seven and eight. eight. Yeah. And. And I was in trouble with the league. The league didn't like the <laughs> league. Didn't, the league didn't like like if you were a coach now, one game and you're done. Probably it wouldn't happen. Yeah, probably. Were you roughing up the refs? What were you doing? Well, no, roughing no. up the refs, roughing up the fans, roughing up the other team. <laughs> I didn't take any shit. <laughs> no, the th- the thing the thing that I, I, I used to do was that when I had when I had the first the first practice, I had a letter written to the to the fans and saying this is the way it's going to be, and if you want to help, great. If you don't want to help, don't tell me how to run the team and don't tell me how to do anything. You know. And, the better kids are going to play. I'll play the, uh, the the kids that aren't as good. But you got to work with your kid, and you got to make you know. I can't fix if he's not good. You know, I can help him, but you know what? I need your help too. You know, and a lot of the parents chipped in, and they respected that. I had a few problems with a couple of mothers here and there, especially in Jay's team, the younger. You know, and they they would come to my practices to see how I ran a practice. You know, and and the league would go back and say the guy knows what he's doing. He's he's running a good thing and. Is he, well, he's loud. Well, you know what? When you're on a soccer field and it's 100 yards long by 50 yards wide, guess what? If you're not loud, they can't hear you on the other end of the field. So I got in a little bit of trouble early. But that year, that year in particular, you know, both teams were undefeated and we won the playoffs in both leagues. And then they asked me to take a traveling team in Mike's group, the 12 to 14 group. And I said, fine, I'll take the team, but I picked the team. No, we're going to pick the team. I said, then I'm not coaching. And this went on for like three weeks. And while it's a big tournament in Cherry Hill and, you know, we got to win and we've never won that before, I said, fine, let me pick the team. And this went back and forth a couple of times. I said, look, you don't let me pick the team. I'm not coaching. Get somebody else to do it. So who are you going to take? So I told them who I was going to take. And they said, well, that kid's in trouble. And I said, look, I'll go talk to the kid and I'll tell the kid, you either you want to play for me, you follow my rules. I had no trouble whatsoever, and it got down to the finals, and we had to play Cherry Hill, and I remember the ref telling me after we won the third game, he says, well, you're going to have trouble in the next game, and I said, really? And he says, yeah. I said, okay, fine. We'll see. So I had scouted them. I had scouted them before that, and I found out who the, their stars were, and I put, I marked them, and I put guys on them. We ended up winning like 8-3, to three. and I looked at the ref, and I said, so was that so difficult or not? But anyway, we, we took the league and everything, and after that, we had moved out. Of, they had asked me to take it another team to another level, but we were moving, so it didn't make any difference. But all that year, which was what was so difficult, is I was getting crap the entire time, but we were winning. And just because the fans were complaining, because we were you know beating everybody up, they didn't like it, you know. And the thing that was, was interesting is I had all the parents thank me when it was over with. I had all the kids thank me, and it was great. And it was all about teaching them skills and understanding what life was about, not necessarily about winning or losing, but it was about life. And these kids respected you for that. And it was, it was interesting to see kids that young that figured it out. And, um, so what's the Coach Joe set? 4-4-2? What do, you, what, what do we run here? What do you mean? Uh, was no, it back a, then it was, it was a 3-4-3. Yeah. <laughs> it was a 4-3-3. Yeah. Um, but it was the the top was like a triangle. The, the so the kid, forward, you had like a, two forwards and maybe like a half mid back. mid half back forward, 
and then three three midfielders. The, 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 the game plan was, and I was telling your friend today, who knows about soccer, I said it's all about triangles. And I said you have to have an outlet forward and you have to have two outlets back. As long as you got a triangle behind you and you got a triangle in front of you, you got some place to take the ball. And I taught these kids very easily how to handle this. And I said, if somebody, you got pressure to the left or you got pressure to the left, go to the right. If you got pressure from the left and the right, go back. And then we'll go to the side and kick it to, you know, and go to outside. And it was, it was, I had never coached soccer before, but I had a guy that taught me the game. And it was like 11 man hockey. And I knew hockey. So that was, that was easy. And then I was able to put the kids in the right place. And the kids, Everybody found their position, and as long as they played position, we beat anybody. And they did. So who's the worst American coach? Bruce Arenas? Oh, they're both Or, or uh, Bob Bradley? Oh, they're, they're both bad. <laughs> they're, that's a good question. But, you, know, you, know what, you, know what, you know what the problem there is? And we were talking Come on, about, buddy. We were talking about it earlier today. Don't know anything about soccer. The thing, the thing that the Americans have never done was establish a system like the, the Central and South Americans have and the Europeans have. They're two different systems, totally. But we have never established what that is. And then the coach comes in and tries to establish a system with players that don't fit the system. And... We have the capability of winning the gold, uh, winning the World Cup. We have the ability to do it. The problem is we don't have somebody that directs them in the right direction. It's that simple. Or gets the best, best athletes into the program early enough to, to develop it. Well, yeah, but you, you got to do it one of two ways. You find the best athletes and build the system around the athletes. Sure. Or you have the system and you find the players to fit the system. It's one or the other. Sure, but I they agree. don't do either one. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, well, we do half. We both do. We do both half ass. We do it ass backwards. <laughs> during during that undefeated season, how many games did you win? Twenty eight zero and zero. Barman over under wins or clipboards broken. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone being able to break more than twenty eight clipboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say over under over. I, I gotta go under. No one can break twenty eight clipboards in this. I mean, season. I was on the losing softball team with him. So. That's one per game. <laughs> <laughs> one two, per game. Two, two, two right? teams. Two, Over. So both his, you and Jay, <coughs> you're saying twenty eight cli- twenty eight clipboards got broken. I'm asking the question. I'll I'm under. You. I'm under. There's no. There's How no way. How many clipboards did you break that year? Uh, it had to be under ten. But it was. A lot. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> 28 clipboards would be... Tell, tell the story about the lady from the opposing team oh. yelling, at, <laughs> yelling at Mr. Vita. Yeah. My, my assistant coach, he, he, he and I coach baseball and soccer together, and we look a lot alike. I mean, he could, he could pass, he's shorter than I am, but we could easily pass for brothers. And his wife and my wife could pass for sisters. And the ironic thing about it is the kids looked a lot alike, and they even dropped the wrong kids off at the wrong place from coming back from <laughs> And it happened more than once. And and so we're we're going into the into the playoffs, and he gets there to the field before I get there, and this lady starts giving him hell. And he's lady, you got the wrong guy. I'm telling you, you got the wrong guy. No, it's you. You it's your dark hair and your mustache, and it's you. And you're loud and obnoxious, and you're the guy that runs up there, and you give the referees free. You know, you're freaking them out, and you're doing this and doing that. 
And he says, lady, you got the wrong guy. No, I don't. And then all of a sudden, I pull up in the car, and I go next to him, and she says, he looks at her, and he says, see, it's him, not me. <laughs> and she, you know, and then she didn't know what to say. <laughs> From, unfortunately, after that, we, we moved, well, fortunately and unfortunately, we moved to, to, to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, where we spent, the family spent pretty much the next 11 years. So that's, the, that's the 90s. So 90, 88, 88, 88 to 99. 88 to 99. I left the 98. The prime bill season. Oh, so, yes. So, Never that we moved to Buffalo. Um, Did you guys come in with Norwood and leave with Norwood? No, oh, they should have cut his foot off. <laughs> they should have cut his foot off. I don't, think, I don't think we were there five minutes, and and he had season tickets to the Bills. Yeah, but they were they were through the company. But they were so, through the company. Yeah, I was, so, I was general sales manager, so I got I got four seats. You, gotta, you have to tell the story I wrote I wrote down to you because it's one of my favorite, also one. one of my favorite stories. Which one? When I don't know this the story. Fo- the phones cross. Oh, that that's hockey. That was yeah. There was during hockey season. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that okay. is a, that is one of my favorite stories. So between, <laughs> but so I'm in Buffalo for seventh grade, eighth grade, and then through high, high school. High school. Yeah. And you weren't asked to leave any of those schools. No. No. <laughs> well, that's good. I did go. To, I, did, I did go to three three schools in three years. Um, my high school, the Bills went to the Super Bowl every year. And I was fortunate enough to go to just about, if not every game, um, most of those games. <coughs> so it's Thurman Thomas and, and yeah. Kelly. And Kelly, and Thomas, Bruce and Smith, the, Andre, Andre, Reed, Andre and Reed, Mark Kelslow, <coughs> Don Beebe, wow. the whole... Bruce Smith. Bruce, I said oh, Bruce yeah. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Cornelius Bennett. Conlon. Daryl Talley. Steve Tasker. Yep. Steve Tasker. Yeah, all those. So... Um, and it was an interesting time to be in Buffalo because it, it's very reminiscent of how the Braves thing unfolded like 15 years ago. One championship out of 14. Right. But <laughs> couldn't draw anybody to come to the games during the playoffs. Right. First, first year they make the playoffs like 88 or 89. Packed. Awesome. They lose. They're in. They're out. No, real quick. Next year, go to the playoffs again. In. Couple games out, sell out. 90, 91, sell out every game. And there's a, there's got to be a sellout streak in there. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, there was I, a, it was a long. I just don't remember. Well, they did. Yeah, the first year we were there in '88 though, and I go to the very first game. I go to the very first game, and that was when Nancy Reagan had the slogan about the, the just say, say just, no. Say no. just say no, just say no, and. Three days before the season starts, Bruce Smith gets caught. <laughs> okay. I guess he didn't say Bruce, no. Bruce Smith gets caught, and I, I'm I'm dry. I used to I had the same routine going to the games and everything, and, and I pull into the parking lot, and I'm with my brother-in-law, and and, uh, and we pull in, and there's this guy who's got a T-shirt on, and it said Bruce said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Catch him like asleep in his his sports car and oh, the that, light. That, that happened out. a couple other times yeah, yeah. too. I mean, but that that wasn't the first time. So how many Zubas were in that game? Oh my god! 
That was the <laughs> that was Zuba, the, the, the peak of the Zuba nation. Yeah. For the Bills. Every, Everybody. Well, the Bears were earlier. Lasted, it probably lasted longer in Buffalo but than that's not any other still, team. I, I, I agree. Because I think yeah, the, it's the, the Bears were Zubas in, 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 the, in the mid-80s. It's still, it, it, it never, oh, it no. never, like, it that, never went away. That, that run did more for Buffalo than anything ever, and it just... You know, it was, it was it was a great time. You you said it. it was a great time to be in Buffalo because I mean they were they had um, the GM from that's on ESPN now, Bill Polian, Bill Polian, yeah, who did a great him. job, and then you had you had the historian Marv Levy as the coach, and the sayings that he would come out from, depending on what book he read that week. Was like you know, and, and nobody knew what the hell he was talking about because he was the only guy reading the book, you know, and but. But it was just, it was classic, the moves that they made and the draft, they anticipated the draft and what they were going to do, and they built this team and they put it together. And it was just great, you know, and, and, and Buffalo's a blue-collar And they get Kelly from the USFL and... Well, they drafted, they actually they drafted, drafted him, but to get him to finally... Oh, the league full Gamblers. The gamblers. Well, the league, <laughs> but he set the record in, as the gamblers, just, you know, like, yeah. he was setting records left and right. I mean, the guy was the right guy for Buffalo, too, because he's the way he was. But and right after the Bills, you had the Sabers go on a run too. Yeah, they did. Twice. You know, I mean, Twice. it was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time to be in Buffalo. I mean, but um, I don't know where you wanted to take this next, so I'll let you go. We got any Bill stories? No, the Bill stories aren't as good as the guy falling in the Sabers story. No, no, that's a good. <laughs> We're about to come back. So that so there, there's two stories I want to tell. The one is the ninety. When did they beat the Raiders? Like fifty six to fifty one to nothing. Oof! It was snowing like it was the first one. Okay, sorry. I know you're a Raiders fans, Andrew. I was four. <laughs> the tickets went missing that week. Do you remember this? Yeah, they did. The season go. tickets went missing that week. It's AFC Championship. Where'd they go? We don't. We, we still don't we still know. Don't know. And they I got lost in the mail. But they got. My sales guy. They were on top of the, on your the dresser. They got, the they got they were on your dresser. They were at the house. They are at the house. Jay, Jay started a fire with them? No, we don't. Either know. the cleaning lady took them and threw them out, or mom threw them out. <laughs> and I don't mean to throw mom under the bus. No. We took it's, her birth, it's her birthday. You ended up getting two tickets. <laughs> yeah. And you and I went. My, my, sales, my sales guy had two Thank extra tickets, <laughs> and I took those tickets. And it was it was cold and it was snowing, and and on another. Were you looking for someone sitting in your seats? No, no. We, no, no. We took binoculars. <laughs> we, took, we looked. I remember this. No one was sitting in those. No seats. one's in the seats. So the tickets just went missing. Yeah, they went missing. But anyway, it, you know that was the first one, and I'll never forget it. It was it was uh, the nine the ninety three, NF AFC wild card game. Yeah. So the, there's two stories here, and it'll it'll go for full circle. So. You, I remember I was there with you. I don't remember who else we took. Dave Broderick and another guy. Okay. Dave Broderick, who was my my sales guy in Canada, who was good good friends with me. So th- this is this story is so great on so many different levels because um, the game wasn't on TV in Buffalo. No, they they uh, the game was blacked out. The game because they didn't sell out early so, enough. Fourth fourth year of the Super Bowl. Run. Bills are a wild card team. Didn't win the division. Kelly's hurt. Kelly's hurt and Reich Thomas is, is hurt. Thomas is hurt, and 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 I think Bennett or Smith was out of the game. They're, as they're well. banged up. They're banged up bad. 
and, and it's it's not good. And Houston comes out like you know they they're up 20, 28 to three at halftime, and the stadium starts. People start leaving. Just empty now. Empty yeah. now. Thirty five three, I believe. No, huh? that second half. That second half. Okay. And and uh, and I said I said I'll tell you what I said. Edit that part out. They they end up scoring again and it's thirty five to three and I said if we don't score here we're leaving and we scored I said if we don't onside kick here we're leaving and they onside kick and they get it and they score again and I and they they somehow they stopped them and they scored again I says all right now we we're done we're still we need an interception right we need an interception they get an interception they score again it was it was unfolded it was like unbelievable so I said to them I says okay we're back in we're only down by fourteen or something I said we're back in the game. <laughs> 14, we're back at, in the game. at this point, it's mid third quarter, and the fans in the start parking lot they're, they're, they're coming, coming back. back. They're trying to, they're come trying come to get back in. in. They won't let them 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 in. So, so you, there's like the gates are shaking because people want back. You remember this? Yeah, yeah. Remember oh. the shaking. Yeah, because they, they showed it on the news. So, so you know, everybody knows the story on what happened, and then it goes in, and you know, we kicked the field goal and win, and it was like the greatest game I've ever seen. You know. The place is rocking, and it's about half full. That's awesome. And, I mean, going to a, a Bills game, if you've never been to a Bills game, you got to go at least once, okay? I suggest you don't go in the middle of winter. You know what? That's, what he, that's his dream. But you to got to go to one in the, game. In winter. He wanted to go two weeks after they got married because they were playing the Raiders in Buffalo. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what. The greatest thing about it, first of all, it's it's a good chance it's going to be a sellout, but the second part of this thing is the Bills fans are great. I mean, they're, they're you know and different than the Pittsburgh fans. Oh, they're much better than Pittsburgh fans. But if if you if anybody's coming from the other team, you're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> you are screwed. The, the only place that I've been to that they're nice about it is Green Bay. Nice hey, welcome to Lambeau Field. Hope you well, enjoy because it. Because there's only ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's so nice. Hey, we're gonna kick your ass, but thanks for coming. You know, supporting the town. Oh, oh don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's, it's, it's uh, but but you know the fans. There's some fans that get there on Friday night and they are in a Winnebago and they stay there all weekend. I mean, this is it's like, like NASCAR. It's like no place other than this place is like they go berserk over the, the over the bills who have sucked for the last twenty years now, you know. And I mean, but the loyalty factor is just unbelievable. And then you know they just love the team. If that team ever left, they'd die. It would die. But you know there, there's there's a number of you know good stories about what happened. And, you know when they were winning like that and, and a lot of good stuff. And they're just you know. Like I said, it. I wouldn't trade that time for any. But the other thing about that game, going back to that game for a minute, and and it was about two or three years ago, and my buddy. That, okay, this is where I was going. That's I wanted you to tell this story too. My buddy, my buddy says to me, he says, "Hey, he says I I, I belong to the Touchdown Club in Charlotte." I said, "Yeah." He says, uh, "Frank Reich is coming." I said, "Really?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "You're a Buffalo fan, aren't you?" I says, "Yeah, I'm a Buffalo fan." I says. He said, would you like to go with me? I said, I'd love to go with you. I, I still have two tickets from that game. He says, you're kidding me. I says, no. He said, we'll see if we can get them signed. I said, that'd be great. So we go, we go and uh, we get there, and he's, he 
got a couple of people in line and everything, and I got the tickets in my hand. And I says, hey, Frank, I finally get to the front of the line. I said, Frank, I said, my name is Joe Vandura. You know, pleasure to meet you and everything. I said, I just happened to be at the game, you know, the, the uh, game that you turned around and blah, 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 blah. And he's with some publicity guy, okay. And, and I says, here's two of the tickets. Would you mind signing them for me? He says, I thought I signed all 77,000 of those. <laughs> I says, well, here's two you didn't. And he said, "No, he, the story, the rumor you're telling us, he stopped you in the middle of the sentence. He goes, those are the tickets. Wait, wait, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> and he says, he says, I thought I signed all 77,000. I says, no, there's two more here. And the guy says to him, he says, how do you know those are the tickets? <laughs> and, and he says, and he looked at him and he says, because those were the only playoff tickets that we had that we had a yellow, light yellow maze backing. <laughs> those are the, and he says those are the tickets, and he signed them and they took they shook hands with him they took my picture and all that stuff and I mean you know, guy was a really class act. I'm glad he got a head coaching job because he really deserves it. He's a really good guy, and uh, you know he did the same thing. He set the record at Maryland too. He had another game like that that, uh, that was just recently game. broken within it the last broken, couple of years. Yeah, but he had the record in both college, college and professional. And NFL. Biggest comeback, comeback in, uh, in history. Biggest comeback in history. I don't know if it was the Texas Maryland game this year, but that that was broken within the last three or four seasons. Okay. Yeah, so I mean he really like I said, he's a class act and that was that was pretty good. You know, all, all I wanted, you know, four Super Bowls, all I wanted was one. Just one. I didn't that care town would one. be a different place. Yeah. If they won just one. You know, and, and any of them. And if they had won the first one, if they had won the first one... They might have won three or four. They, that's right. If they had won the first one, I mean, and there's no doubt in my mind that they had a better team than any of them. They, they really did. And they were better coached and all that, but uh, there's, there's, you know, it didn't happen, but so be it. Inspired sports and that. Let's talk about... We'll, we'll move over to hockey. Let's talk about the Clint Malarchuk game. Okay. Or do you want to tell the phone story first? That's bef- this is before that. Is that okay. yeah. which which one we can talk about now? Malarchuk. Oh, that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, a pretty scary moment. I mean that that this isn't funny. I mean, Mike Mike and I are at the game. You know, and we get there and, and uh, Sabers and maybe Bruins or Sabres I, I don't remember who they were playing. I really don't at remember. The odd. All I know, all I know is okay. some guy comes up the right wing. And uh, takes this guy out, and he goes airborne. And this guy, his skate goes across Malarchik's neck. It, from what I remember, the, the defenseman took down the winger. They both and fall backwards spun. and goes skates up. Skates yeah, up. Skates up. Into the goalie. Into the goalie. And, and, and cuts, cuts him across this way. Mm-hmm. Across, I don't remember which way it was. All I know is, and I've never seen this before, but... Blood was spurting from his neck a good two, three feet out. Now, here's 17,000 people. You could have heard a pin drop. And I heard one lady, oh, you know, like a couple of people <laughs> pass. I'm serious. Passing out. He was eating nachos. No, pretzel. Whatever he was eating. <laughs> I thought it was nachos. but No, it was a pretzel. It was I always get a pretzel. Whenever I go see any kind of game, I get a soft pretzel and a Coke. So he says, he says to me, yes. and, and the trainer... Who uh, was in school with Jay or with Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Frankie? Yeah. Frankie Pelosi was the girl that the, the guy that 
that Maggie was kissing behind the piano. He was the, <laughs> the father was oh. was the trainer. Yeah, he was kissing him behind the piano in kindergarten. Really? It was the tra- the father was the trainer. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, she had hot yeah. lips, hot lips, Maggie. Hot anyway. lips, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Mia. And, yeah, and and he runs out with a towel and and saves this freaking guy's mm-hmm. life. I mean, it was like he stopped stopped it, and thank God that Buffalo General is just down the street from the yard. And the ambulance was in that end of the And, and they ice. got him in there, and he, they saved his life. But Malarchik was never the same after that. And he had to, he had a little problem with alcohol after that, and he never he never recovered. But that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen ever in sports. And I, the only other one that was close to that was when the guy in the Bills kickoff, and, he, and they took him off on a tr- stretcher, and he was paralyzed for a while, and they saved his life because they pumped uh, cold into him instead of hot, and guys walking now but that you know but that one that one was like i mean blood was just spurting yeah, as how far st- how far off the ice were you we were, we were in the reds we were 30 we were 35 miles we were in the corner and on the corner of where the ice where it was same end same end and I, i'll bet you we weren't more than a couple hundred feet away from the mm-hmm. guy but the thing I'm, I'm not kidding you the blood was spurting to across. his heartbeat oh yeah yeah as his heart beated it went out it was just it was pretty bad. When he put the, the the glove, by the time he got the glove up and he had fallen over, the trainer was on top of him. Trying to... And the doors flew open and the ambulance was backed up. And the, it was, I mean, it was one of the most incredible, they life-saving like, things I've ever seen. They, they had him probably in the hospital within three three to four minutes. Dang. The hospital's like right across the street. Right across a block the street. Away. But, but still, I mean, what they did to him... To, to save his life was incredible. It was a, it was unbelievable. But the other hockey story, the other the hockey story was was uh, we're in the playoffs. <laughs> we're in the playoffs. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. The, we're in the playoffs, and uh, my salesman calls me up two days before the, the game, and he says, "The customers that were taking the playoff tickets can't go. I got four tickets. What are you going to do?" I said, "Well, just bring them in, and I'll take care of it." So I go to my, my three product managers and I pull them into the office. I says, okay, guys, I says, look, we, we've fallen on some lucky times here. I says, would you be interested in go? We'll go to the playoff game tomorrow night. Would you be interested? And they says, oh, yeah, yeah, we can, we can do that. He says, but you got to get us out of work early. And I says, okay, fine. What time should we leave? He said, well, if you can get us out at 4 o'clock, we'll go down to Hooters. They got they got a buck and a quarter ice beers and twenty five cent wings. We'll go down there before the game for a couple of hours and then we'll go down to the game. I said okay, fine. So I get them out of work early, and we take four cars down to the down to the place, but we take one car there. But we must have had a six pack a piece of ice beers, which is high end alcohol. You know they don't make it anymore. But and then we I don't know how many wings we had, but anyway we leave we leave the the game was like at seven ten, so we leave about. 6.30, quarter seven, we fly down to the yard, park the car in the same place under the bridge where we used to go all the time. And then they, we're, when we get down, we get down and um, the one guy says, Mark Roy, he says, well, we'll go to the ice house. We can get 24-ounce ice beers. And I'm thinking to myself, you need a 24-ounce ice beer like a hole in the head. He, he was one of the world's worst drunks. I mean, he, he can't hold his liquor. You don't want him drinking. He gets obnoxious. You know, he, he's one of these guys that get the beer muscles big, you know, really bad. And I'm thinking to myself, Ultimately yeah. a magnifier. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, so now, now the game's going on and through the, you know, it, halfway through the third period, they're going to cut you off. 
nobody scored yet, okay? And about three or four more ice beers later, me and another guy decided to go to the can and we're going to pick up a couple of ice beers. And it was at the break, you know, one of the breaks where, the, you know, the, and we go down, we take a leak and the, the ice house is right there. So we get, he, I get two, he gets two, we bring them back up. And as we're coming up the stairs, I look up and everybody is looking back to where we sit. Now, we were in the 20th row behind the goal and we're right, there's 12 seats across the row. We're right in the middle, four in the middle. And it, but everybody's looking up our way. Oh, and climbing these stairs, it's like climbing a mountain. Yeah, they're like straight they're up. Straight, straight up. up. Yeah. So you're on top of the game no matter where you're sitting. Yeah, I mean, you guys are great, great you know, right you know, because of the angle. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and we're going up the stairs, and just as I get to the row, the four guys on the end of the row says, oh, man, you just missed it. Your buddy took a header. I said, what the hell are you talking about? He says, oh, you'll see. <laughs> so I'm walking down the row, and the other guy that's sitting there is laughing so hard. He's going like, you know, he's in a crouch, and he's going back, and I take one look at him, and tears are rolling down his face. I said, what the hell happened? And I look at the other guy. And I look at the other guy. He's got a cut under his right eye. He's got a cut over his right eye. His bridge, is, his bridge of his nose is split open. And he's got another cut under his left eye. And what the hell happened? And, he's, and the other guy's laughing so hard he can't talk. And this guy, when he says, well, would you believe that a puck came up here? I tried to catch it and hit me in the face. I said, no. I wouldn't believe it. And the other guy says, oh, you missed it. He says, the guy made a great save and goal and everybody stood up. And when he stood up, his feet got caught between the end of the the end of the concrete and the chair in front of him, and his feet get lodged, and he loses his balance. There's a ten year old kid sitting in front of him, so he goes right over the top of the ten year old kid. And what does he do? He hits his face on the chair, a roll on the other side of him. And he says, "Well, you got to tell everybody I was going for a puck." I said, "There's no friggin' way." <laughs> and the worst part about it was the game went went into seven periods. So I said, you guys, and you had a bunch of friends in the, from St. Joe's yeah. to the left of me, Crozier and a bunch of other guys. Yeah. And we were going back and forth. I said, you guys going to school tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they were going to school the next day. So you stayed for the whole game? No, we left at the end of six. And as I was pulling in the driveway, they scored a quarter to two. It was one to nothing. Quarter to two. Wow. At seven ten start. We start. And we started drinking at four. Impressive. Um, what about uh, Pat LaFontaine? What about him? And the um, the phone the, the phone, phone story. The phone story. Oh, he uh, he gets traded, and I think they were playing out west someplace, and he breaks his jaw. So they wired it shut, and they shipped him back. So he's out of action for a while, but he moves into our neighborhood, and. I was I was in Chicago flying to Detroit that night. And I would always call a couple times. If I was in an airport, I'd call and say, how's everything okay, blah, 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 blah. So I call him from Chicago. And the phone's ringing and ringing and ringing and nobody's answering the phone. And I'm wondering, what the hell is going on? Well, maybe she took everybody out to dinner. So I get to Detroit and my flight's delayed. Because it's raining, it's it's freezing rain in Chicago, but it's foggy in Detroit. And I don't think I left Chicago till eight o'clock, which is nine o'clock our time. And I'm I've been calling like every hour, and I can't get an answer. So I almost called next door to the Crosby, which is another story, <laughs> which we could get into. Which is another. I'm telling you what, I could write a book on those guys. 
they're my best friends, but I'm telling you what, sometimes I just wonder. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I, I decide that I'll call when I get to Detroit, and I get to Detroit, and I call, and it's like 11 o'clock, and I get off the plane, and I call right away before I even get to the hotel, and, and finally Kathy answers the phone, and she says, you wouldn't believe what kind of day I had. And I said, what are you doing over there? Over there? Oh, I hit some. I can see that. <laughs> I, I don't, you operator error or what? You know it. All right, so, so she answers the phone and she says, you wouldn't believe what kind of day I had. I said, well, where have you been? Well, we had phone trouble. I said, what do you mean you had phone trouble? The phone's ringing and ringing and ringing. And she said, no, when you call home, it went into the black hole. However, if somebody locally called our number, it went, and it happened to be that everybody was calling LaFontaine's number, and it's ringing at our house. So everybody, now, Rick Vive lived across the street from us who played for the Sabres for about five or six years. Really good guy, good family. And uh, his wife calls over and Jay answers the phone. And she says, well, who is this? And he says, it's Jay Vander. She says, well, I didn't dial your number. Let me talk to your mom. So she gets on the phone and she says, well, she says, I called LaFontaine's house and I got your number. And he says, she says, I've talked to everybody. I've talked to the head coach. I've talked to the assistant coach. I've talked to everybody on the team. I've talked to everybody on the team, and she says, I found out that the lines have been crossed. So I don't remember this at all. Oh, you were in college. This is such a great story. Uh, oh, okay. I think you were in college. And, and um, so she, she says, I got the phone guy over here, and I finally got him to pass... I, she says, if you don't let my if my husband calls and he can't get through, he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> and finally, they got the line passed through, but it wasn't going to be fixed till the next day. And she starts explaining everything to me. So I says, okay, so is everybody okay? Yeah, she says, but I've talked to everybody. I've talked to every saber on the God's earth, you know, blah, 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 blah. So Jay finds out, who's a hockey player, finds out that, you know, this has been going on, and the phone guy is in front of our house after he gets home from school. Well, he, LaFontaine had the broken jaw, so he has the, the whole class put this get-well card together, and he says, I'll bring it over to his house. And she said, well, do you know where he lives? He says, I'll figure it out. So he, the phone guy's there. So he talks to the phone guy. He says, hey, he, says, uh, he tells him, I understand the phone line's got across, and LaFontaine's in the neighborhood. He says, yeah. He says, where does he live? And the phone guy tells him. <laughs> so Jay goes I over. was not in college for this no you were home okay. yeah All right. school, I was in high school so so he goes over to LaFontaine's house and you know Jay's got a university he's got a jacket on but he's got a Bruins jacket on and he knocks on the door and the in-laws from Long Island are there his wife is from Long Island and, and the in-laws are there and he says, well, I've got a get-well card from Mr. LaFontaine. And the, the father-in-law answers the door. He says, well, come on in. So he comes in, you know, and he says, uh, why don't you take your coat off and everything? He's taking a nap, but we'll go get him up. He says, well, I've got a get-well card for him. And I says, I've got some pictures. Do you think he could sign these these pictures? Cards. Yeah, the cards. Card. Card. Yeah, cards, 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 hockey cards. And he says, yeah, he says, he can do that. I'm sure he'll do that for you. And he says, well, then what happened? I'm telling you, know, now I'm finding out what happened. I said, well, then what happened? He says, well... He says, then I sat down in the kitchen, they gave me some cookies and milk, and I was with the kids. <laughs> He's like with a three- and four-year-old kid at the table eating cookies and milk. So he takes his jacket off, and he's got a University of Dayton jacket on, or sweatshirt on. 
And he says, uh, he says, well, who went to the University of the Father-in-law says, who went to the University of Dayton? He says, my mom and dad. And he says, well, I went to the University of Dayton, too. He says, would you like some more cookies? <laughs> so LaFontaine comes downstairs, and, and he, he signs the hockey cards. He says, I'll be right back. And he got two 8.5 by 11 pictures, one from uh, the All-Star picture, and it wasn't, he didn't have the Sabres picture yet, I don't think. I think he had two of the All-Star, or two different All-Star Two teams. different All-Star, and he signed both of them, and he's 2J, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And you know what was interesting is when we lived in the neighborhood, we had a bunch of, of uh, Sabres in the neighborhood, and Jay would play street hockey with Howard Chuck, and then he used to have a raffle for the hockey team that he played on, and he'd go over to Andrew Chuck's house all the time, and the wife would answer the door, and, hey, Dave, the kid's here from the raff for the raffle. And then the raffle tickets were five bucks. And he says, here, Jay, don't give me any raffle tickets, but here's 25 bucks. Give him a donation. You know, so they were really good. They were really good. So back to um, Mr. Roy. Um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that, are we? I was going to say, but, you should probably just skip to the crossbase. No, I want to talk about the toilet story. Oh, God. <laughs> so you're working at Carborundum in Niagara, Niagara Falls. Or was yeah. it Unifrax? Well, it was, I don't remember if it was Carbone or you. I think we hadn't crossed over to Unifrax yet. Mark had a shit fetish, <laughs> to be honest with you. He was one of those guys, he was one of those guys, he was one of those guys that would go to the can and he'd come back, oh, you should have seen this one, it was this big. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, well, why didn't you just leave it there? It was that good, you know? He, was, he, got, in, he got into this really big time, and, and uh, so... I would be one of the first guys in in the morning, one of the last guys to leave. And they were remodeling the back of the offices, and they had to put an extra restroom in because of the amount of people they were bringing. They had to have so many restrooms for amount of people. And so there was this, there was the toilet that they were putting in was sitting back there, and we had this this product that was uh, I, I don't remember the name of it, but it was brown. And it was like a putty. So he decides, he decides that he's going to make one and put it in this toilet and then deliver the toilet in one of the offices. And he says, he says, I need you to come and bring this toilet with me and carry it back. And I says, look, I don't want anything to do with it. And he says, well, you know that they're going to blame you anyway. I says, of course that, but I don't want anything to do with it because they're going to think I did it anyway. But I'm not, I, if you're going to go do it, you do it with somebody else. He had one about a foot long and about three inches in diameter, and he put one of the, he made it in there with the rubber gloves, and he brought it in the guy's office. Sure enough, the guy walks in the next day, and he comes straight to my office. But it wasn't me. Anyway. So I don't want nothing to do with this. The other, the other one, that was, the other good one, the story about him is, I think Jay and I were going to the game, and, and I was picking up Mark and his son, Mark Jr., and I knock on the door, and I said, hey, Mark, and Mark Jr. answers the door. I said, where's your dad? You ready for to go to the game? He says, yeah, but the toilet's pl plugged up. And I says, well. This is like a five- or six-year-old kid. Yeah, five- or six-year-old kid. I says, well, did he do it? He says, no, I did it. You should have seen it. It was about this big. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the old man. I mean, it's just like, you know. So anyway. Um, the Crosbys. Oh, God. Oh, man. I have written down, and I think this was Maggie, dog psychologist. <laughs> All right, so so, you, and, you, and you can talk about the lawnmower races. Well, wait a minute. Let's 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 do one at a time because 
The Crosbys. All right. First, first of all, I think you just need to debrief on who they are. And, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Brian was one of the top attorneys in Buffalo, and had a, he built this practice. When we moved in, Brian decided that he was going to go on his own and everything. And there were several nights that we talked about why he should go on his own, and he finally did go on his own and created this this partnership. And everything ended up being greatly, really successful for him and all that. Fran is a has a doctor in nursing from Niagara who is one of these people that is brilliant, but the lights are on and nobody's home. <laughs> to put it bluntly, I mean, she's a wonderful person. She's one of the best people you ever wanted to meet. But boy, I'll tell you, if, if you got into talking about common sense stuff, there's no way. I mean, just to give you an idea, Maggie and Michael, one of the, the son was out playing soccer one night. and Maggie trapped the ball on him and he falls down. And I take one look at him and I says, his wrist is broken. And she said, doctor or nurse? No, it's not. No, Three days later, she doesn't take takes him to the to the the uh, emergency room to find out that his his wrist is broken and she didn't have any clue. You know, it's like let the kids suffer for three days. But anyway, and you know, good family. You know, the two sons and a daughter. We we ended up next door for eleven years to him, and it was one of the best things that ever happened. The greatest people. You know, the best neighbors we ever had. Still great friends. But and we got along fabulously. And every year we would have a Memorial Day party, a, uh, a Labor Day party, Fourth and a New July. Year's Eve party, and, and a Fourth of July. July. And and it was either at our house or their house, and something would always happen at these parties. Always. Whether it was underwear in a tree or somebody's pass out in the front yard. <laughs> I, about that. I mean, it was something would always happen. I mean it was it was one of those things that the parties were like, okay, what's next? It was you never knew what was gonna happen. Well, Brian, Brian wasn't really a handy guy or anything, and he bought a Christmas tree like on Christmas vacation. It was about <laughs> 20 feet too big to fit in the family room that was only 12 feet high. And he calls me over and he says, it's cold, it's cold out, and it's really cold out. And he says, hey, he says, can you give me a hand? I said, what's going on? He said, well, I got the Christmas tree and it's too big and we need to cut some limbs off and cut the bottom off. And this. I said, you got a saw? No. All right, I'll bring a saw over. And I go over there and I take a look at this tree and I tell him, what the hell were you thinking when you bought this tree? <laughs> Brian, this ain't going to fit in the house. You, you, this will go through the ceiling. This is the second floor. I mean, you know, I, you know, like I said, neither one of them, the lights are on and nobody's home. But anyway, so I come over with the saw and I start sawing. But I, it's out on the back deck and they have two French doors plus windows on the side of the French door. And I look inside the house and they had, they had a red set, uh, Irish setter who was about, it barked like crazy, but as gentle as hell, and everything. And I look in there, and I look in there, and there's Fran, the, the wife, and the dog, and Anthony Wang, who lived up the street. You know, you know, Wang from, his father was Wang from Caddyshack. Anyway, <laughs> and, and Anthony Wang's sitting there, and Michael's sitting there, and there's two people I have no idea who, who they are. And I'm, I'm sawing this, I'm taking the limbs off and everything, and I says, what, Brian, what the hell's going on in there? He says, he says, well, you're not going to believe this. I says, Brian, I'll believe anything, but this doesn't look right to me. What is going on in there? And he says, that's a dog, who are those two people? And he says, they're dog psychologists. And I said, what? They're dog psychologists. And I said, well, what the hell are they doing in the house with the dog and Anthony Wayne? And he says... Well, the dog bit Anthony Wing. I said, that dog wouldn't bite anybody. And I said, so 
What are they going to do with this dog? What are they going to do with Rooney? You know, that they're going to fix this thing. And Anthony Wang is sitting there, and I said, well, they're going to fix this. And then they, as long as we're going through this, the Wangs aren't going to, you know, they're not going to race on their shoes or anything like that. I said, you know what? I said, I tell you what, you guys need your head examined. <laughs> I said, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> and that was the story about the psychologist. I mean... A dog psychologist. A dog psychologist. Yeah, they, I thought I saw it all. <laughs> not there. Not when I lived next door to them. There was a time where, for whatever reason, you and him would race lawnmowers. No, well, it was because Mom took Jay and I to Orlando and left you, Holly, and Dad home alone. <laughs> well, and I would come outside, and you were wearing a football helmet. Yeah. <laughs> riding down the street in a the John Deere lawnmower, whatever the hell we had. Craftsman. I don't even, it was a craftsman. I don't remember what it was. It was a craftsman. I don't remember what it was. I had six gears and Brian only had five and he was mad because I had the extra gear. I said, you bought the <laughs> drag, drag racing down the street in the middle of summer. In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. Um, I could actually do wheelies on that thing. Do you want to tell the story about the water balloon launcher? Oh, that was, you know, Mike, Mike had come home from college, you know, and everything and he said, so, he says, hey, I got, I got something you're going to need to look at. I said, what is it? He says, well, I got this water balloon launcher and everything. I says, oh, this is going to be great. I says, get the water balloons right now. We start filling them up and everything. So the guy across the street who's had a great sense of humor, too, I said, Alec, I said, I want you to do me a favor. He says, wait. I said, go out on your back porch and see if it, it lands, if anything lands on your, you know, on your, you know. So we're launching him over, and he calls me it's, back. And it's one of those three-man... Yeah. yeah. Two two guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. One person pulls back. And he and says, what do you got there? I says, oh, I said, this is great. So he, he's looking. At, now he's out front looking. And we had somebody in the neighborhood that had a pool down here. And they're all in the pool, you know. So we're launching balloons into the pool. <laughs> and then there was a guy we didn't like. And he's, he's out front talking to somebody, and we're on the corner of the house between the Crosbys and ours, and we're kind of hiding behind the bushes, and we're landing water balloons right, I mean, within feet of these guys, you know, they, they're looking all over, they can't figure out where they're coming from, and I mean, we did, we did that for a couple of weeks at a time. And then, the best part was, the, it's him and another guy standing there, the front <coughs> and then I hit the mailbox. And they uh, they nearly jumped out of their skin. <laughs> yeah. And the three of us, did me, you hit them? Me, no, I hit the mailbox, and they so lost, you never got them. No, I would no. it would have hurt them seriously. Oh. <laughs> it hits the mailbox, and we see them jump, and the three of us are rolling around in the grass between the houses, <laughs> laughing our asses off. Yeah, it was great. Um, your fiftieth birthday party. Oh man, you know. I, I, so I was already... You were in college. Jay was playing hockey at, at uh, Mass College. Mass College. Holly I would have been out of college. You were out of college. Holly was in Sar- uh, was at Syracuse. Syracuse. I, that would have been my first it year. It was the, either the first or second year we lived in Charlotte. Yeah. And oh, that's right. You went back visiting. Right. We went back to see him play because he was playing in... Uh... I think he was playing in Buffalo. No, no, no. It's outside Rochester. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I can't think of the name of the school, but they had a four-team tournament, so we went We went and played. RPI? No. You are? No. It was one of the Sony schools. Okay. And 
Brockport, maybe. It might. It was Brockport. Yeah. That's who it was. It was Brockport. And uh, we told Jay that we'd be coming up and everything, and Mom had planned a surprise party for me. And, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't figure out why we were going. Saturday night we were going to meet at this place, and Brian and Fran had gone to the game with us. Then we drove back from, from Brockport. We were going to Shannon's Pub, and I couldn't figure out why we were going there. Why? We never, we lived there for 11 years and never went there. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are we going there for? Well, this place is a huge, huge bar room. I mean, it's huge. And uh, I kind of suspected something was going on, you know. And when we walked in, and, and back then I had a big black mustache, and, you know, I got a nose the size of Chicago, so... You know, and I only wore glasses when I needed to read, but I didn't I didn't wear them regularly. But I walk into this bar and there's like 150 people with these glasses and the big noses and the <laughs> And I figured out, okay, there 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 are people, but then I couldn't figure out what the other 150 people were doing. I had no idea who they were. And I'm saying, you know, who the hell are these people? Why aren't they, you know, tell me to get the hell out of here if this is a private party, you know, but it wasn't a private party, obviously. And then everybody, I mean, everybody gets shit-faced, including all my kids, except for Maggie. And Holly, I used to have this saying all the time when they, they were younger, you know, get to bed, get to bed, you know. So as they got drunker and everybody's drinking Zambuca, which is what I used to drink a lot of, I don't think, I had, I don't think I've had any since then, to be honest. I haven't had it in a long time. Yeah, I agree. And, and anyway, and I've got about eight No, we months. had some at my wedding. Okay. Yeah. So, bless you. Bless you. And uh, so, uh, you know, Holly's going, get to bed, get to bed. Everybody's saying, will you get her out of here? <laughs> I mean, she was so hammered and everything, and then Mike got hammered. And the worst part was Jay gets hammered, and Jay is staying at the Crosby. So Maggie, Kathy, and I are staying at the Crosby's. You were staying at, at Jim's house. Yep. Okay. And, and Jay I, went out with me. Huh? Jay went out with you. Jay, 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 Jay and I shared a room. Where did Holly? Where did Holly stay? I don't even remember. I have no idea. She <laughs> stayed at her friend's house, I think. Well, anyway, so now Jay, he drops him off in front of the house, and it was snowing all night. And Jay has to has to break into the house to get into the house. Goes over the fence, gets caught on the fence. Goes falls in a snowdrift. Falls in a snowdrift. And then and he he uses the he walks into the Crosby's back door and uses a credit card to get into the yeah, back he, door. The French doors. The French doors. You can break into the French doors real easy. And he and then he wakes up the whole house when he gets in there and he, you know and then he got sick. <laughs> he got sick before he got home. And he got, I think he got sick when he got home too. Um I think that's everything. Well, I mean good. we could tell him oh, one more. One more. The origin of shout. Oh. I feel like Andrew needs to be here for this. That was that's a fraternity thing. Right. Our 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 um So for those listening, the shout is the celebration song when the Bills score a touchdown. Yeah, but it's also from Animal House. Absolutely. And at every family wedding that I can remember that we've been to since Megan's. Yep. Going back. We gave nearly. But see. We, we, we shout comes on and the whole family gators. Right. And then you, you retired it but at Maggie's what, wedding. But yeah. explain what the gator is. There's a scene in Animal House. Right. 
where the fraternity shout comes on, and it's Otis Day and the Knights are playing shout. Right. And Blutarski yells, Gator. And everybody hits the floor. And everybody hits the floor on their back. Yep. Like an alligator. Right. Stuck on his back. Right. Wiggling around. Wiggling around. But where this all started was, you know, just goes back to they stole our material. Yep. The Delts, the Delts used the gator at the last song at the fraternity parties was a gator. And the difference between Animal House Gator and the way that we used the gator, and we don't, we haven't done it at the weddings, but the first guy, when Danny was at your wedding and he gave me the hanky and I put oh, it yeah, in my yeah, mouth, yeah. the first guy that gets the hanky and drops the hanky, the next guy has to hit the floor and then it's a gator pile. It wasn't like, like the gator on Animal House. This was a pile. This was like jumping on the pile. Whoever was on the bottom got killed. So, but that would be, you know, when we were adults, that would be our last song at every fraternity party was a gator pile. And that's how it all started. And then the Animal House thing happened, and it eventually went into what we do, you know, with the thing on your back instead of the gator pile. That's how it started, from being adult. Did I miss anything that you know? You too story. You too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know you too. Paul Houston. Who? The boys. The, the That's boys. not him. Oh, it isn't. That's somebody else. <laughs> That's somebody else. Well, he can come next week. <laughs> <laughs> did I forget? Him? I don't think I did. I'm sure that. We'll... I mean, I have stories, but it's just yeah. You know. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, the only one I can think of was when we were talking about Dayton, just in general, like who he who he was and his reputation was. I remember it was my senior year and I was graduating and I was walking home from class and I get a phone call from one of my roommates being like, "Hey, um, there's a bunch of random men on our porch," <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And they're like, "I think your dad's here." <laughs> and I think he brought his friends and they're just drinking in our front yard <laughs> that, was, that was probably me so I was like oh yeah I told you he would do that but they didn't believe me and he brought his fraternity brothers and my roommates were startled at first but his school first. they realized, they realized he, was, he was very friendly <laughs> so uh, I think the way we recorded this, this will be a two-parter because it's so long. Um, I did split it up into two different recordings. You're the, so, edit- you're the yeah, editor. I'm going to edit it into two episodes tomorrow. Um, Mike and I may do another episode this week. It'll be a shorter one, just kind of going over the cycling stuff, the sports stuff that we normally talk about. But for the most part, this is the end of episode 33A slash 33B. Or 33C. Uh, or 33C for that matter. So... Um, I'll do an intro and outro recording for this with the normal at underscore Coach Barman. <laughs> you can't live it down. Nope. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Dad, thanks for joining us and sharing those you know, stories. Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> I- I'm sure... I got some more if you want me to come to another time. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> We're going to get this sponsored. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So... Um, We'll update the status of this episode as... as Did as I ever tell you about the kangaroo pretzel death grip? <laughs> <laughs>
He can also <laughs> quote the entire series of Seinfeld in a podcast. Oh, I could do that easy. <laughs> we'll save those for another All for right. another episode. Thanks for listening. Um, Animal House or Caddyshack? Both. 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 Hey, I'm telling you, did you hear neither of you hesitate? I'm telling you, things look good on you, you know? Alright, that does it for episode 33A slash 33B. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again soon with a new episode. That was uh, episode 33B of the Joe Vandura Chronicles. Um, you can find us. Uh, anywhere on Facebook. So Barman and Bevo Podcast, Michael Barman, Michael Vandura. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Barman and Bevo Podcast. Uh, I believe it's Barman, the letter N, Bevo Pod, I think is our Twitter handle. Um, my, po- uh, my Twitter handle is Bevo, at Bevo8771. As I said earlier, Mike's is at underscore Coach Barman. Um, you know, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, uh, subscribe to our podcast on Podbean, and um, subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, if that's the p- platform you prefer. All this stuff is um, broadcast or uploaded so that you guys can listen on those platforms. Tell your friends. I have a feeling that these two episodes are probably going to be more of our higher downloaded episodes just because we can hit a broader audience of people that normally wouldn't listen to this podcast. So, um, like I said at the beginning, my, or I said, um, in the, in the actual recording, Mike and I'll be back this week to record the normal stuff. You know, uh, I know there was a race, a one day race, uh, yesterday, Saturday in Italy. And I'm sure there's a couple other races that happened this week that we'll talk about, Plus all the craziness in the NFL. Uh, Atlanta United played yesterday, so we'll do some recapping of that. Um, And just uh, touch base on a few things in the news. Again, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, uh, Podbean, or Google Play. And uh, we'll be back again soon with a new episode for you. Thanks. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves Yeah Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how Don't understand the case.